at this moment, I'm looking at a tower of insulated water canteens made by Clean Canteen. They just arrived for the Motherfucker Awards. So if you're going, guess what? You get an amazing new canteen when you walk in the door. They all say, respect your mother on them. We're going to have some great goodie bags. Uh, I was spending some time with my buddy Shane today. Uh, He's the guy who started a company called Mudwater. Uh, and they make a mushroom chai tea that I'm really into. Um, and we were talking about the idea of sponsoring this podcast. And I wanted to bring the question out to you, uh, the listeners. And many of you are people who give me money every month um, on Patreon, which I am so grateful for. It's what allows me to prioritize this podcast. Um, and I, I really like the company. Um, I also would like to start making more money on this podcast. I don't make much, and I have quite a few of you listening. Um, and if I took select sponsors on, like Shane's company, this is a you know one that I use already. Um, I would only work with companies that are doing good work um, and whose products I actually use. But um, I just wanted to throw it out there. Would you guys get value out of that? Would you hate it and be like, Kyle's a sellout? Um, I don't know how I feel about it. So anyway, uh, but I'm just doing, I'm doing the MOFAs. We're going fifth year here. It's going to be a radical event. Um, and I'm kind of rambling now, so I'm going to introduce our guest. Ron Finley uh, is known as the Gangster Gardener. He has a TED Talk online that has over 3 million, I think 4 million views uh, on on being the Gangster Gardener. He uh, does urban projects, urban gardening projects uh, in South Central LA and all around the world. Um, his idea and his message is highly magnetic. Um and Ron is a magnetic personality. And our conversation went all over the place, which are some of my favorites. He is also presenting the Land Award uh, at the MOFAs. So he'll be there on Tuesday. Um, so Tuesday, December 4th at the Miracle Theater. You can go to MotherfuckerAwards.com uh, to get your tickets. Um, they're still available. You get a big swag bag. And Ron will be presenting the Land Award uh, to one of our comedians. Um, a few other people we have involved, Matt Taibbi from Rolling Stone, Natasha Legero, Simon Rex, Moshe Kasher, the Yes Men, obviously Chris Ryan and I um, will all be there. So if you can come, Miracle Theater uh, on December 4th in Inglewood. Uh, would love to meet some of you. And with that, I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Ron Finley. I went out to his spot. He has a Fern Gully-esque garden, um, and we did this podcast out on the sidewalk under a little thatched uh, vine sitting area, and we were sitting on stumps, um, and the birds were chirping, and Ron was speaking truth, as he always does. So, please welcome to the show, my guest, Ron Finley. Kyle Cameron here. I'm in Cape Town. I was the only journalist in northern Nigeria. Not an adventure until you get lost in Tijuana. You get caught inside by a giant wave, you feel really alone. I love the adventure of waking up and not knowing what will happen and that being my job. I'm standing at a desert oasis right now. A lot of tourists don't see this part of Bali. Smiles and thumbs up. Thumbs up. And uh, Merchants of Doubt was one of the best documentaries I've seen in a long time. Yeah. The yeah. way that they did the magician thing, where they had the magician go out and fun. show you the three card Monty and how, how all that worked, it's brilliant. But man. I love, you know, but they, they talked about um, the uh, fire retardant, you know, how bad it was, but no, they didn't mention that it was in our food. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's, and some of it I think st- is still in our food. They had a big case in, uh, was it 2012 or something? And a lot of people, a lot of people don't know that. What the hell we need fire retardant in our food for? Right. You know? Yeah. And uh, what was crazy about that part in the documentary was how they strategically got firefighters 
to be the face of the fire retardant is that movement, right? Because they know, oh, if we get firefighters out in front on this, then we'll never have to change the chemicals and babies will still be able, <laughs> will still be laying down on these couches. No, I, I was talking to somebody about that yesterday about, cause I, I told them they should see it. And he was like, man, I remember when I was a kid and I, you know, I was thinking, oh, my pajamas are fire retardant. That means I can run through fire, you know, because I'm not going to get burned. And I'm like, damn. And he made me think, it's like, has any kids actually done that? Because their parents told them they had fire retardant. But, yeah, it's it's just, it's just, this shit is crazy, you know, because of of what the so-called EPA and all these organizations are, are allowing you know, in our system, you know, on, on this planet, in, in our atmosphere, that's literally killing us. It's, and you wonder, okay, are they all working together? You know, is this part, is the medical industrial complex and, you know, the military industrial complex and the prison industrial complex, are all of these complexes, are they working together? Because, you know, when you, when you see who's making the money, when you follow the paper trails, like, there's, there's billions and billions of dollars being made on people's yeah man i i um have been thinking about this a lot obviously doing the motherfucker awards and looking at these various industries and trying to figure out a way to talk about it in a cohesive way like what is what's the similarity between all of these and one that i've that i keep coming back to is um this idea of externalities right that a, a corporation will do as much as they can to make the public bear the cost and allow them to reap the the profits so you can take this beyond an environmental issue you look at a company like purdue pharma that makes 35 billion dollars a year on pharmaceuticals and brought oxycontin to the market Mm -hmm. right And, and and now it's it's a drug crisis Right. Yeah, man. I mean, now <laughs> not, we're not, not, you know, if, if it was if the if the complexion of the people were a little different, like in the past, it, it would be a drug war. But right. now it's a crisis right. and they, they want to send people to, you know, to get <laughs> hospital care. And, you know, this is such bullshit, man. And it's like even even <laughs> even the bad shit is racist. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's I, like, <laughs> oh, I know. Right. Well, you know. <laughs> Yeah, when when black people were addicted exactly. to heroin, it was the drug war. You got to yeah. send them to prison. But yeah. now that like crack, you know, now yeah, that a middle class white woman yeah. got addicted to her yeah. oxy yeah. and turned to heroin, she can go get treatment, right? And, and they'll pay for it. You know, it's just some bullshit. Yeah. You know, you know the story of uh, who owns Purdue Pharma. You'll love this. Yeah. So uh, the Sackler family is a family they're one of the, the largest art philanthropists in the world you go to the guggenheim yeah. museum um you go to a lot of these famous musician museums around the world and the sacklers have their own wing so you they've donated you know 20 monets and they are they are they real monets i, I just saw this on american greed that that art person that was this uh chinese guy that was just painting Everybody, you know, and they. Oh, were, really? It's one of the one. Of, oh, yeah. I'm saying. Oh my God. Some one of some guy, some art collector paid. I think it was like 15 million. Uh, for what's the guy that does the paint splatters? Rush. Was it uh Banksy? No, no, the paint splatters. Uh, old guy. Okay. Um, I don't know. Rushenberg. Yeah, I think. And um, so th- he was selling hundreds and hundreds of. Of these, he he could duplicate right. an artist's right. paint, and they're all in galleries and museums, man. That's so a crazy. lot of this stuff in these galleries are, f- are, f- are fake. Right. So, so to finish that point, the Sacklers, yeah. some of the largest art philanthropists in the world, they made their money off of the opioid epidemic. Wow. Because they own Purdue Pharma, yeah. and they've done as much as they can to distance themselves from Purdue and from that epidemic. But they make how so if much you money. own the how if you own the place. Uh, at this point, a lot of them are on the board. It okay. was there was uh, two brothers that passed away now that bought Purdue and got the um, patents to Oxy. So this was a long time ago, and then Purdue got sued. Uh, in the 2000s for $600 million uh, for falsely marketing the addictive property. and went business as usual. Right, because at that point, it's just a business decision, right? And that goes back to another theme with all of these issues is that if the um, fee to 
you know that you're going to have to pay for a slap on the risk is lower than the profits that you're going to make. Then it's just a business where decision. That, where's that fee go to? Where's that money go to? Is it who is it helping? It's, it's like um, the guy, the pirate. Put the, the mic up to your face. The pirate guy with um, Davida. You know, I think he had something a billion dollars or something fine, and he just wrote a check. Okay, next. You know, it was like <laughs> right <laughs> next. It was, it's crazy, man. It's like, where is this money going to? Where, who, what, what are they doing with this money? Right. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that, uh, you know, part of it is that we don't value nature correctly yeah. right now. You know, there's. Well, there's therefore, we don't value ourselves if we don't value nature. You know, because we are nature. People just think it's nature and then it's us, and it's not. That's bullshit. No, we decompose just like this leaf, just like this tree we're sitting on top of right now. We decompose the same way. Actually, we decompose faster than that tree. <laughs> right. <laughs> the tree has you know. seasons. The tree well, can yeah, come back. Yeah, but what they found, um, I read a, about a study in um, in France is we're not decomposing as fast as we used to. Uh, or like we used to because of all the plastics, the BPAs in our bodies. Interesting. No, it's, it's it's deep. It's deep. I mean, what this what this is is. I mean, we can talk about you know the Monsanto case. You know, I got a chance to um, ask some questions of the lawyers who who won the case. There was a uh, and Dwayne Johnson who um, who was the the guy that you know the plaintiff right. who got what he get. He was the landscaper yeah. who got cancer because of Monsanto's Roundup, yeah. and he won the case. It was how much was it? Two hundred and eighty-nine, but it was reduced to, and that was because the the jury wanted to just show that was more than than it, you know they could give him, but they that's what it came, and so the judge reduced it, and I think he got two hundred and eighty something. I'm not sure he got eighty something right. million, but. He said, I've never felt so good about losing $200 million, but the thing is, he's going to die. I mean, he's got a death sentence. He's At one point, they said he was spraying, at some days, 150 gallons of this shit. And it was, it's as a couple of uh, cases where the stuff spilled on him, like it's covered his whole body. And, um, and they know, they knew that this shit was poison. So, and they know that it's in our food system it's in our water system and they know it's they know this shit is toxic they knew that i mean you have you have tyrone hayes um who's one of my heroes that that i haven't met um he's in at berkeley you know and he he's proven that um he's a lawyer no he's he's a he's a a scientist okay and um he's proven that um the atrazine glyphosate all of that was was changing the hormones of frogs change so it was literally changing the sex of the frogs so it was making male male frogs female, female right so and, and uh, the fact that you look at all these these disruptors that's in the on this planet because of these corporations now we've had um our sperm has not has a, a decline for the last 50 years I say it's like it hasn't been an uptick oh okay man have more so, no it's it's dying and people are like what the hell does that have to do that could be the end of of humanity as we know it right you know if all of a sudden man are turning turn into females you know <laughs> so how uh that shit's that shit some science sound like some sci-fi shit oh, but it does but it's real yeah you know yeah, those are the real conspiracy theories that are true. Like you know, that are I mean, provable. The, yeah, people can go. I mean, it's in medical journals, and right. I mean, the real shit we don't really get to hear. You right. Know? So why is uh, Tyrone Hayes one of your heroes? Well, because he fought them. He, you know, because they tried to make him go back and like, no, that's not the results that we wanted. That's not what we need to hear. And like, no, we did it. We did it five times. The same thing. You know, and then, of course, they um, threatened him and, you know, tried to ruin his career, you know, and the whole thing. But no. Um, so, yeah, that's that's why, man, because that, that shit to me is gangster. Right. You know? Yeah. So you've been in this kind of work for quite some time. Man, now, not, right? When you think about it, not really. I mean, people know. I mean, I started a, an organization back in, I guess, 2009 or 10, something like that. Um, and got you know got a lot of publicity, but with the the TED Talk, that's when uh, I mean I had stuff from Wall Street Journal, the L.A. Times, uh, 
but you know Ted was kind of a canon for what I for what I'm doing you know and that was that was some scary shit you know because I got an email saying hi Ron we've been watching you from Ted you know out, out of the blue and I'm like what the fuck is this? <laughs> who is Ted who the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> you know and that video has four million views now does it yeah no way yeah are you serious yeah wow that's um, crazy so that catapulted the... Well, that, that's the, the second video. The first video most people haven't seen. It was called the Worldwide Talent Search. And um, they literally ran around the world looking for people to speak. And that's that, that email I got, that's what it was for. And uh, with that, uh, it, was, it was just some serendipitous shit because I had just sent... Um, I did a video... Um, uh, that went to um, it, it, was, it was online that somebody shot and um, so apparently Ted found this and I have this girl Melissa Painter she 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 did, she was director of this video and, and she said you need to be teaching and you need to be doing this and workshops I don't know what the hell I'm doing I just do it it's like you know I don't really know and so I watched I just happened to watch a TED talk and it was this white guy and to put the garden in the white at the White House, and he was saying shit like like me, but just like a white guy, you know. And I'm like, damn, maybe Melissa has a point. So I sent her this TED talk, and I'm like, hey, Melissa, maybe you're right. Maybe I do know more than I think I know. So I don't know. So 30, 40 minutes later, I go back to my computer, and that's where that email is. Hi, Ron. I've been watching you. <laughs> and I sent an email. I'm like, ha-ha, real funny, Melissa. They're like, who the hell is Melissa, you know? And then I, I, I emailed her and called. She's, and she says, what the hell is it? I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't do this. Are you fucking kidding me? And she went, she went, let, I didn't. I said, oh, yeah, right. I send you a TED Talk, and 30 minutes later, I'm getting invited to TED, to, to TED in Canada. No, it's that that doesn't happen. And so I'm, um, I literally, they went around the world, came back to Ontario. So I'm the last person invited to the last city, and I'm the last person on stage. And I've never fucking done a talk in my life like that. I didn't even have a, I didn't even, I've never done a PowerPoint at that. I haven't needed to. Yeah. You know. Well, your unpretension resonates with people man i mean ted talk is uh, ted is such a pretentious circle jerk and there's amazing (laughs) there's amazing ideas there but it's very much like well the most interesting thing that we learned and you're just like hey what's up i'm ron i'm fucking digging up sidewalks and building (laughs) making banana trees (laughs) so yeah i mean it was funny because and I was like, I'm not going to be last. I'm not going to fuck that. I'm not. And I was like, man, I saw all these perfect presentations and, the, you know, these, these, I think that's where I met. Was Chris at the I think that's where I met Chris. All these perfect talks and these college kids and these fucking doctors with their, you know, and the, the slides change on point and bam. And I was like, oh, shit, I can't do this. <laughs> I, I, so I'm embarrassed my whole family with this bullshit. So, um, so I, <laughs> so they like, hey man, I can't. I'm. Uh, I was like, okay, just leave, Ron. Just, just go back to California. Just leave. Nobody will notice that you're gone, you know. But no, I said I can't be last. Hey, all right, Ron, because everybody thought I knew what I was doing because of the film they watched. How they they found this film, you know. And um, uh, no, I, so uh, yeah, so when I, I walked on the stage, man, and I remember my when I my foot. My right foot hit the stage, and I say, "Hey, man, let the bullets fall off, fall where they're gonna fall. Just do what the fuck you do." And and I literally wound up getting a standing ovation. I mean, and it was like, "Whoa, yeah." What do you think it was that made people resonate with that message? Um, that it was real and it was universal. And and uh, I mean, if you see it, I, you could see how the difference in me. I was like nervous as fuck, uh, but I was like, "Whoa, they got it!" I mean, right. they got the jokes, they got the engine windows, they got you know, they they understood, man. And um, and I've had I had people, you know, come up to me and like after the thing that said, "If it wasn't for you, this whole evening would have been a wash for me." And I'm like, "Damn, you fuck know? yeah!" And uh, I said, "The one guy that didn't have a clue what the hell he was doing." So. Uh, I think it's just, I think it's to that day. I, you know, I, I don't have nothing. 
I don't have nothing to lose. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and I have to, to I've always have a code to myself be true. You know, and I've had some of the I've had some of the devils, uh, you know, some of the bad guys, which nowadays the good guys are the bad guys a lot of times because they didn't bought them. So and I, I don't it ain't about it ain't about the paper. Right. It ain't about a, I'm not on no paper chase. You know what I'm saying? So because, you know, what what good is 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 all the riches that you could possibly have if you lost your soul, if you have no soul. Yeah. You know, and, and that and I literally, truly because I've seen it. I've seen guys, you know, become multimillionaires in the street and in companies, man. But through some some, you know, underhanded kind of ways and um they don't get to enjoy that shit yeah you know? yeah i was having a conversation with chris the other night about um fame and and just how many people fall to it and i i said what do you think it is and he said i think it's very chris ryan like you know grand unified theory way he said uh he said i think people um start to believe that they're the star of their own movie and everything is a part of their movie. It's to me, it's value. What do we value? I mean, it, it comes down to that. Like, if I asked you, I asked this question around the world, literally from shit from Sweden to to Compton, you know. And it's like I said, what is the single most important thing to your life? And I'll ask it three times. What is? Don't answer. Think, because I want is. And what would you say? What would you say the single most important thing to your life was if you hadn't heard me do this before? Right. Me? Yeah. Single most important thing in my life, um, say uh, my health. No, not in your life. To your life. To my life. Um, That's why I say it three times. Sure. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Single most important thing to my life. I would say it's uh, a conti- like just continuing to learn. Continue- eh. No, all uh, right. No, the single most important thing to your life, and I had a fifth grader say it, and I was like, I thought he was a plant in the audience when I talked. I was in um, New Jersey a couple of weeks ago. It's air. He said oxygen, and I'm like. I said, is this guy, is this, who put him here? He's not supposed to know that. I said, I got adults. I got professors. Right. I got scientists that will not say air is the single most important thing to my life. Why is that? Why don't we appreciate air? Because it comes down to value. What have we been trained to value? value right. I pledge allegiance. I pledge allegiance. I pledge my allegiance. And I asked these kids, I said, you guys know what allegiance is? You put, but not to your, not to, not to air, not to your parents, not to, not to the trees that give you oxygen. What do we do? We pledge allegiance to some. What? Stop that bullshit. And it's like, what do we value? We value money. And I, and that my these, and I had gone off track with this talk, and I was like, like 400, 450 kids in this auditorium in New Jersey, and um, and this one kid brought me back because he saw what you saw. He's he saw the swimming pool with all the plants in it, you know, my pool. And he's like, are you rich? And I'm like, thank you. Because, I, you know, you know, you get to talk and interact with these kids. And I said, yeah, I'm rich as hell. I said, and you are too. He says, no, nah, I'm not rich. I want to be rich. I said, you want to be rich? Well, I said, you are rich. And I explained to him why he's the fact that you woke up this morning, the fact that you that you're breathing, the fact that you have these teachers here that care about you. This is a school that I visited um, Long Branch in New Jersey, and they're doing innovative shit. They got they got a life skills class where these kids are showing them how to grow food, and then they have they have take it and they're making like paninis, and you the, so the, the teachers and the facility faculty they can call and order a panini, and the kids will bring it to their you know to their to their office or whatever. And I'm like, this is brilliant because you're showing them not just the one side. Oh, put the bean in the jar and watch it grow. Oh, that's nice. And then next, no, you're showing them how let's make a thousand beans. Let's turn this into revenue. You know, and that's what let's turn this in this resource into another kind of resource because we value money. Why do we value money? Because we've been trained to. Why right. do we value diamonds? Because the beers told us to. 
Right. You spend three months' salary for your engagement ring. Oh, no, it's four months now. Oh, um, you spend four months. And what do you do? Why? Who benefits? So yeah. one of the kids, i tell you this part, one of the kids says, I said, who wants diamonds? Like, yeah, yeah. I said, why? He said, because if, if I'm rich, I got diamonds. I said, okay, you got $500,000, right? He said, yeah. And I said, and you, gave, and you bought a diamond for $500,000. I said, who's rich? <laughs> Ron, you know why air is a lot like sex? Why? Because it's no big deal until you're not getting any. <laughs> I'm thinking like a but, fo- football. But a four-year-old. <laughs> you're thinking like a four-year-old. Yeah, see, I am. Ah, man, I am a four-year-old. There you go. I'm thinking like I'm three. Like a football stadium, everyone stands up and they're like, "I pledge allegiance to the air right. of planet Earth." Yeah. No, I, I was like, where's the... How le- amazing would that no, be if there was a it, pledge of allegiance to the elements of the earth? It should be amazing. It should be natural. I mean, it should, we are conditioned. We might as well be doing this salute. You know what I'm saying? To yeah, every, you, you to, do, the, do the Hitler salute yeah, to air. It's well, not the Hitler salute. Yeah, it's to oxygen. The, the oxygen. Look, right. exactly. So, But we're so conditioned and trained that people don't get it that... that, that uh, yeah, but are they thinking about that? No, fuck no. Right. You know, you look. Oh, you're not patriotic. You're not this. It's like, and that's why I said, where's where? And that's what I. Where's the pledge of allegiance to your parents? Where's the pledge of allegiance to this planet, to Mother Earth? You know what I'm saying? Where, like you said, where's the pledge of allegiance to air? And we need one. Maybe that's something we need to work on. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, like, when you were a kid, did you look around and think this is? fucking bullshit uh, you well, you have i mean you look at the world through a lens of that's that's bullshit that's bullshit you, i mean even when we're talking about purdue pharma and the opioid epidemic and you're like even that's bullshit because now it's only an epidemic because white, white middle class right. women are addicted to heroin no yeah um, it's a and i love so the perspective man it's, had, it's refreshing you know, i had to because i'm dyslexic as fuck and um, so I didn't see, I didn't learn. I thought something was wrong with me. I didn't learn to read the way everybody learned, you know. And I, I realized that, uh, you know, later that it was nothing wrong with me. You know, it was like, it was just, it was wrong, something wrong with the system. There is not, you know, the, um, that, what what did they call it? The, um, I call it the miseducation system, you know, or the indoctrination system, you know, but standardized education. We're not standard. Nobody is standard. All of us are custom. So all of us need to learn the way we need to learn. And you fuckers need to figure out which way we learn and teach us that way. And my kids got to go to a school like that called UES. And um, and that so I yeah, I did look at I I think being a designer, I looked at everything. Okay. Like I would look at something and see the shadow and oh, so and that I would put that into my design or something. I didn't I didn't always see what was what was there. So I had to. It's like um, on this trip I just did, too. I, I was at a I was at a college in um, in a, <laughs> uh, in Atlanta and I, I, I was in an architecture school. And, you know, I asked the question. Um, what are cities designed for? Very first thing I said, architects. So one of the teachers, you know, kind of, you know, arrogantly, <laughs> she's like, people were f- like, duh. And I'm like, eh, wrong. <laughs> and I said, there lies the problem. And I said, we got a teacher, we got an architect here that thinks the cities are designed for people. And they're not. Again, this a five-year-old, no, he must have been about eight, fifth grade. At, at this at this school, and I said, "What are cities designed for?" And he says, "Work." And I'm like, "What does this woman say?" She said, "People. No, they're designed for commerce. Period. Nothing else. We're worker ants." And I said, "Look at the freeways and look at the ant farm. Tell me if you see a difference. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why you think it's on the grid? We right. don't. We why isn't if it was made if it was people centric?" There would be more shit. We would be able to walk down the street and eat. We would have fresh air. We would have, we wouldn't, you know, oh, you're, you're working at this time. You go to work at this time. Then you go home at this time. Why? And everybody does that at the same fucking time. Rush hour. There needs, they don't have to be no damn rush hour. It's by design. All of this Chicago, all of it's by design. And people don't, people don't get it. And now we have architects teaching our kids 
that cities are designed for people. No, let's design them for people. So that's how I see that. That right where we're sitting, this shit is designed for people. Yeah. You know? I like that, man. I think that, uh, yeah, as I said, there's people who believe that the market should decide decide which way the world goes and life only there's no intrinsic value to life it the market should determine everything but what is the value of this garden is it only the dollar amount on it or what's the but is there an intrinsic value beyond that and now and then it always takes scientists a few decades to catch up where then they they find out like you know the gut biome is a big buzzword these days right you want to have a diverse gut biome and it turns out that it's not only in the food that you eat but in the environment that you're in also that diversifies your gut biome so then you wind up with autoimmune diseases and and depression because you don't have a diverse enough ecosystem and you know people kids inherently know to go outside and smell the flowers and then science catches up and they realize like well actually that could keep you from getting depressed on a biological level no it's 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 so true i mean put the mic up oh i'm sorry it's so true what they what they um man it's 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 a trap and i mean you 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 gotta think who benefits from this um it, it's and everybody's you like um what, what is this uh sustainability 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 and i'm like that's some old shit you know because i said if i put this glass here and nobody touches it and nobody moves it that's sustainability shit sustainability means nothing changes we need regenerative systems we need systems that regenerate they ch- shit and evolve and change, not something to, to stay that status quo. Fuck status quo. That's what got us into this, you know. And um, that that's what that's what this is all about, man. It, it's is the biggest thing that we have the, the doing the work that we do is we have to change people's mind, which we have to change culture, and that's the only way we're going to do it. And it's hard because you got to think, you know, at a, has a young age. This shit's been poured into you. Right. You know, yeah. like Kool-Aid. Yeah, another thing that's been poured <laughs> into Jones. you is that you are Ron Finley, this atomized subject, and you need to go out there and succeed make. and make it, and you individual gain over common good should always win. And I, I think that— No, greed. Greed over common good. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and I, I think that, you know— this is uh, uh, the reason I liked your TED talk, and one of the reasons I think that people like it is because it was approachable. Mm-hmm. You're like, this is a sidewalk. I'm going to build a garden on this sidewalk, and it's so easy for people to get overwhelmed with environmental right. issues that it creates this paralyzing effect, and they're like, "Fuck that! I don't want to hear about this anymore." But I, I don't think that it needs to be that complicated. It's, well, come on, Kyle. It's not. You got some water. You got some air. You got some soil. And you got a seed. I mean, how complicated could it get? I mean, people ask me, well, well where should I start? And I'm like, at the beginning. And they're like, well, what do you mean? Where's the beginning? I said, wherever the fuck you start is the beginning. We are so used to following people, experts. I said, you're an expert. You know what I'm saying? It's like this is this is your art piece. Design it the way you want to design it. Right. You know, not the way somebody else has designed it. And people can't do that, man. It's hard for for they want you to hold their hand and take them through everything. What do you I tell, what do you want there? And I always use the analogy. OK, you have a canvas. Do I come and tell you put the orange paint on first? It's your fucking piece of art. <laughs> yeah. You know, figure that shit out. And it's like, people, well, where should I put this plant? I'm like, I don't know. It's it's eight feet tall and it's purple. Where yeah. you want to see it when you walk yeah. outside your garden? Yeah. And so we we want we we lost that. We broke. It's it's like it's like Ken Robinson's Robertson say. We 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 take the creativity out, man, mm-hmm. at a very very early age and make people clogs in a fucking wheel, you know. And and so no, we we need to have that that creative thinking. Uh, evaluation people are like well Ron you know you you're different you're a critical thinker think you're a critical thinker and I'm like thinking is critical <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but but you guys need a class on this shit now oh I, I'm in my critical thinking class it's like really 
You know, why? Oh, I want to, you know, so what? You want to move the pencil over on the other side of the table. Pick the fucking pencil up and move it to the other side of the table. Uh, if we move it, what's going to happen? And how is the weather? You know, just pick the pencil up and move <laughs> yeah. it, fucker. You know? Don't ask for permission. <laughs> Better to ask for forgiveness and permission. Yeah, and ask for help, man. I mean, one of the coolest things about uh, this experience doing the Motherfucker Awards with Chris has been the amount of people that listen to our podcast right. that have signed on. Right. Graphic designer, our set designer, wow. people from That's the film dope. crew, people be like, fuck yeah, hey, I, and people who we had no idea <laughs> listen to the podcast. So this one guy, who his name is Ben, he's a badass graphic designer, um, and he does motion graphics, right. um, is making these amazing animations through each category, so mm. you zoom in from the world. Damn. He's coming in from Florida, and it, it's a, kind of a beautiful it is. example of collaboration. Of, I'm like, I don't know how to do that, and I, it would take me 10 years to get as good as as yeah. him but i don't need to right because because he, he, he's doing it no i i feel the same way man when when somebody you know c- comes up to me and like oh we studied you at the university in jordan and i'm like wait jordan downs jordan High, jordan High? <laughs> like, like no jordan you know and i get this man i get you know the fact that i could go to some place like brazil and and somebody's like hey this is because of you we did. The, we took this lot, and we we put this garden. I said, "In a garden? It's a damn farm." And they like, oh, <laughs> and they like, and and now we have permission to take the the lot next door and do the same thing. And this is this is because of you. And it's like to hear that, man. To have that that af- the effect on people. And the thing about it, Kyle, it'll never be measured. Right. I can't. You know what I'm saying? Because it's. I, I, because it's all over the world. Right. You know. Yeah. One person can change the whole world as long as you're not worried about who gets the credit. Right. Exactly. There you go. There you go. You know, just spell my name right when you do give me the credit. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it, was, I, it was Bob Finley. Right. right? right. Bob Finley? <laughs> George. It was George Finley. George made, Finhoff. Yeah. Yeah. When you, you know? die, we're going to get a bench made. It's going to say George <laughs> Finley in honor of George Finley. <laughs> the gangster gardener, you're George right. Finley. <laughs> oh, no. I've had... I've had that. I've had people like some clown in in, in Toronto, you know, uh, open a cafe, you know, with some of my language and they called it the Gangster Garden Cafe. And, you know, I had I've had some people that and I check them, you know, that, that use my shit. You know, like like would put oh, uh, growing your own foods, like printing your own money, and won't put my name on that shit. And I and it's been I've it's been some food people, you know, big, and I check their ass. It's like no, don't and and if you know where something comes from, you right. get those people those credit. Right. Nobody's taking your shit. Yeah, you know, because what's gonna happen all of a sudden? All these people that you got following you. They gonna think you came up with that shit. Yeah, you know it's important to call people out, man. No, it. But most people, most most people are scared, and they think you do it to to be mean. No, it's it's like that's what the motherfucker awards is doing. It's, it's accountability. Like, no, come on, man. But most people are scared, and right. I, and I think I think that's what it that's what it is. And it's like I um, you know, this cut there was a. <laughs> <laughs> there was a corporation in New Jersey that that I'm that I'm, I'm actually dealing with. I mean, the bottom line, we have to deal with these corporate. They got the money and they can change shit, and they know they can't have to. And I and you know they're like, well, you we know what? We're at lunch, you know, in their in their business in their in their office, and I'm like, okay, so what do you guys think about us? And I say, I think you motherfuckers. Li- are the devil <laughs> I said but it's cool because I'll spoon the devil I said I'm not necessarily gonna have sex full on but I'll take my socks off yeah so I gotta take my shirt off and all of a sudden our, the, the, the executive's like what the I said okay I'll take my pants off and you only get a quarter inch tongue <laughs> and, they, and they the I got these fucking execs Ron I can't write that fast and they're dying fucking I said no you, I'm, you know, I'm honored to be here because you guys wouldn't have us here unless you know you have to change. You have, and it's hard for you to break this corporate shit, you know, because everything has to have the the bottom line, the bottom line, the bottom line. You don't understand social currency. All you understand is currency. You know what I'm saying? You don't understand social good. You can do good shit and still make money. You know, you don't have to have bad shit, and they are trying to do good shit. It's just. 
it's hard. I mean, you you got big corporations that they they got good shit, they got almost good shit, and they got bad shit, and yeah. they know it. It's like, hey man, we can't tell people, we can't just take this shit off the market like we not doing it no more. But you you know, uh, but I mean, the the ones that are literally polluting, it's like like what org. I was thinking this morning when I was sweeping up the street. You know, we got these organic companies and they're, you know, they're doing good shit. But if your fucking packaging ain't organic and that shit don't explode, you know, when it's done, you ain't organic. If you're, if, and because most packaging, most of this food is killing you inside and then it's killing the planet. So we need to find a way that if your, your shit's organic, the shit should decompose somewhere. You know, the packaging even needs to, needs to do that. And that's what they need to work on is that bullshit. Yeah. You know, you gave me some organic food and then you're wrapping it in plastic. So now my organic food got BPAs and, and shit on it. Yeah, it's still looking at it from a myopic view. It's exactly. not a whole systems nope. way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I mean, the way that we've structured our systems, we've allotted a huge amount of power and influence to corporations. Yeah. They have massive PR firms that are specifically designed to get us to believe something. believe that Chevron is doing good around the world when you just keep one thing I like is that you ask really basic questions and I think that basic questions is where that river starts (laughs) and then you follow it back up right like what is the most important thing what does Chevron make like what what is Chevron what what is what does the US military make like what what is that first question and I think that it's uh it is changing. I mean, you see these outlier companies that do good work. Um, and I've been learning a bit about B Corps recently. You know much yeah. about those? Okay. Yeah. yeah, B Corps. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, man, it takes time and it takes calling people Social out. Social enterprise businesses. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's just another way of saying valuing the intrinsic, valuing life in a but different way. Yeah, but even that, that shit can be compromised because you have these companies like, ooh, ooh. I'm going to act like I'm doing some good shit, but I know I'm really not. Right. You know, um, and it's not cool, you know, or or people that, that say they got organic and the shit's not. Right. You know, but one of the things that I talked when I had a chance to uh, speak with the lawyers with that Monsanto case was they like, hey, if it ain't organic, don't fuck with it. Yeah. I mean, period, because they like everything is sprayed. Everything, ha- everything is sprayed with this bullshit. Right. Yeah. Know? Well, there's what you're doing, and then there's also the attitude around what you're doing. I have a, you, I mean, I, I, I mean, like, I have a ton of respect for environmental nonprofits, but I've right. never, like, there's a kind of self-congratulatory vibe that I get from a lot of them and a very angry vibe yeah. that I get from a lot of them that I just don't like I just choose not to move through the world Can't. being an angry person Can't. and so I think that there's a delicate balance between being proud of yourself for dedicating yourself to good work and I just have a fucking sense of humor <laughs> about it as well like no, we're going to be gone in a second right on, like as, as big as you want to yeah. be you're going to be gone in a second, and so am I, and so is everyone that yeah. we know. Yeah. Psychedelics no. help with that. I do. I do. Um, I mean, I take what I do serious, but I don't take it to bed with me. Right. You know what I'm saying? And people are like, what's your five-year plan for this? It's a good I'm way like, to my five-year plan is to wake up in the morning. Because if you don't wake up in the morning, who gives a fuck about your five-year plan? And that's I said, all we have right now is this thing called the present. <laughs> the present and that's what the fuck it is a present we don't have nothing else we don't know nothing else but everything we do everything we are taught to do is to think about the future you know and it's like that's you don't you don't we got to change that yeah you know because that means you're not celebrating this what you have right now everything is for the future yeah you know so um and it's not and it's not guaranteed especially with all this bullshit have you always thought that way or is that something you had to train yourself to do i mean you know it's it's me as a person has you know it's been an evolution i mean there was a lot of stuff that i that i didn't buy into like church and things like that i just felt so uncomfortable on it as a kid and i'm like you know it was like get me out of here and uh, and i see why i see why now like what well just the bullshit 
you know, just, uh, you know, you're, you're going to die if you don't do this. You're going to burn in hell if you if you don't do this. And, and you're, you know, and, okay, I did that and I didn't burn in hell, fucker. <laughs> you know, if you look at your neighbor's wife, you know, what are those? Tick- <laughs> like Thou shalt not cover the neighbor's life. wife. Like, you know, you're going to like, no, I, you know, or, or your neighbor, you know. It's like, no, I've had sex with my neighbor before, you know, and, and I, you know, it's kind of cool. <laughs> it worked out yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> we high-fived at the end exactly. of the <laughs> I gave her some strawberries and we left. <laughs> You know, so all of this guilt, 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 yeah. guilt, guilt, yeah, guilt, guilt and guilt, shame, guilt, man, guilt, guilt and shame, and, 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 and sex and religion, and right? Who, be- who benefits? Right. Again, who benefits? And then we have, you know, and then we have this, this pre-shit, you know, you know, fucking little boys and getting people pregnant and sending them to Mexico and, you know, all of this bullshit. But we um, that they knew about that they know about to this day. So we have this sick shit that um, I don't know, man. It, it's it's um, I do know it's it's bullshit. It's and, bullshit. and it's neat. It needs to be called out the church, you know, and my th- I told the people with the churches, man, if, if they're not doing what they should be doing in the community. They should get the fuck out. It's real simple because we in the in a lot of these black communities we have a lot of churches, dude. I mean, uh, you know, and liquor. We have churches and liquor. I guess it goes together or some shit. I don't know. I gotta look that up. But um, it needs to change. Well you, well, you have the priest who tells you you're a bad person, and then you go and you fuck the neighbor so you feel guilty. Right. Then you gotta go get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> to forget it all, <laughs> to forget right? it all, and it's a and vicious then, and, circle. And then you got drunk, so then you beat someone up, so then you right. got to go back to church and you got to confess. After you to go the, to jail, yeah, so you know exactly. Yeah, it's by design. Um, yes. Why? Uh, tell me more about that. So, like, you grew up going to church? No, I didn't. You did. I did. Well, thank. That's one of the things I'm thankful for. I mean, you know, I went to church a couple of times, or when there was, you know, events or, or Easter has. As a, but that shit didn't last right. long because I had a mom. She was she was searching, right. you know, too. So, and um, I think my mom had some ESP type shit that, that scared her, hmm. you know, because I've some things I've seen and um, and she didn't, you know, she didn't she didn't deal with it. So, um, but she was searching, you know, Christian uh, Jehovah's she tried all that, right. you know. But I mean, if if um, people ask me what's my religion and I say air, you know. Uh, real simple. I love um, it. So, um, so no, it, it wasn't a big thing. But to see the people who are um, tormented, right? You know, by the whole situation to this day, and and the guilt and the shame, and uh, you know, seeing seeing the pastors with you know sixteen babies from eighteen people in the church, you know, and I've I've seen and witnessed all that. The money um, that. Um, I don't know. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. You ever see the movie Get Out? Of course. Of course. Great movie, right? No, I mean, that that movie to me, and Jordan, I mean, I mean, it's so masterful. So masterful. I mean, no, the fact that how many years it took this man to make this movie. Yeah. I mean, to me, he, he's a fucking genius. Yeah. I mean, literally, I, I, you know, I bow down. It's, it's like he, that movie, man, was... Um, Incredible. Incredible. I mean, when you think about it, because everything in the fucking movie, even shit on the wall, it meant something. And it was like, dude, how do you, how, what kind of sick motherfucker are you to even have a brain that works like that? <laughs> yeah, man. There's that great, I mean, so the reason I bring it up is because there's that scene when the white dad is, he's, uh, walking the b- boyfriend, black boyfriend around the house, and he says, you know, uh, I would have voted for Obama f- in a third term if I had the option. Mm-hmm. It's kind of virtue signaling right. that I'm not racist. Right. And I would imagine that you get that a lot from white people <laughs> who come in and are like, hey, like, well, I'm just trying to show you that no, I'm not racist. Not no, you know, not a lot. Not a. I don't get that a lot. That's funny. You know, uh, but I mean, a lot of people. I mean, we got a lot of real people out here. We got a lot of people that's waking up and realizing, like, damn, you're right. This shit is. This shit is my privilege. 
you know, uh, that I do have this privilege just because I have the skin. Oh, that the police are not following me around the store in their, the plainclothes police. Oh, that I'm not getting stopped and, and he's got his gun out already. You know, all this all this subtle shit, you know, that, oh, I'm in the elevator and the woman didn't clutch her purse. You know, it's like that boy. And just imagine growing up as a kid and, and seeing that, growing up being brutalized by police in your, in your community, you know, white police generally. Um, and it, 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 you develop, you know, scar tissue, you know, but you heal, but it's still that, that scar is under there. And it's, you know, like even doing what I'm doing. I mean, this shit is hard, dude. And it gets isolating and it gets lonely sometimes. And it gets, you know, you, you wonder what the fuck, you know, what, why, why am I doing this? You know, and, and then the haters and the people trying to bring you down and the people making up lies and, 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 you know, the people right next to you. That's trying to fuck you up, you know that you that you feeding, you know, and it's 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 a lot of that. So uh, it ain't. It, it, I mean, I people need to realize it ain't as sexy as I make it look, you know, um, and it's real. But yeah, it's. It, I think a lot of people are coming. It's like, damn, I I do, I do have this privilege, and I need to I need to change this. I right. need to I need to. This shit needs to be more equitable, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah, what have been some of the bright spots or just good stories that you've seen about that happening? Um, I, don't, I mean, just traveling, man. Just traveling and, and getting to talk to all kinds of people, you know, from from, from Mississippi to Greece, you know, and seeing that um, the commonality. I mean, we, you know, two things. I mean, I tell people we all have something in common we all came out of some woman's store some woman's uterus you know what i'm saying so it's like the air in china is the same fucking air that we're breathing hopefully we came out of the uterus you know you know all the problems that are happening with c-sections right yeah so the the babies the babies come out and they don't when they don't come out the vagina they don't get inoculated with the vaginal floor and they don't have a diverse gut biome and it ends up that they get autoimmune diseases as a result so now if if you're forced to have a c-section the um the doctors will swab the vagina and put it under the baby's oh nose, just so they can get a more diverse biome. So see, well, see, all my, my all my kids were. Yeah. Uh, I just, bur- I they just, were from I the just birth eat of- a lot of pussies. <laughs> <laughs> that helps you biome. <laughs> it's a health issue. <laughs> <laughs> my butt. I, I my, think it's there I should be a sur- there should I be a, a surgeon a, general's warning. I <laughs> eat, <laughs> eat a lot of pussy. I have a a hell of a gut biome. Okay, <laughs> my shit's diverse <laughs> as fuck. You know. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, you know, my my sons, um, they were, they were all born in a birthing center. You know, and um, actually, my oldest son delivered his youngest brother. Uh, wow. In a in a water birth. You know, you got some seven-year-old talking about, just keep pushing, Ma, I see the head. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? It's <laughs> another human. <laughs> human coming out of another human. No, that you got a kid that's seven in months, you know, months, weeks early. He was like, take it out. I want to play. And all of a sudden, he turns into a fucking surgeon. You know, just keep pushing. I see the head. You know, I was like, man, and that shit took me. Yeah, but all of them, they're... Um, you know, um, that's how they all were natural, man. You know, with uh, no hospital. You know, with a uh, a midwife. Yeah. Man, good shit. Thank yeah. you for taking the time. Oh come on, man. Love that's it. What, I thank you. Thank you. I mean, I, I'm I'm honored to have you here. You know, I'm honored to be here. And all you motherfuckers need to come to the motherfucker awards because um, it's going to be funny as hell. <laughs> it will be. <laughs> right on. Uh, so you're on Instagram, Ron Finley. Yeah, Ron Finley HQ, Ron Finley HQ on Facebook until I take it off. Um, and Twitter, Ron Finley HQ. Also, uh, Ron Finley Project on Instagram. Cool. And can people come down here and volunteer? What's the best way to get involved? If they know what they're doing. <laughs> you know, the thing with volunteers, and a lot of times I'm like, man, fuck volunteers, because most of them want to learn. Yeah. Okay, that's a workshop. I need to check. But I'm not 
t- taking my time to right. teach your ass right. for free and I ain't never going to see you right. again. So I like volunteers that know what to do. Right. And otherwise, let's put together a workshop and I can train them. I have a buddy who uh, he's a, a nurse and he went out and volunteered at the um, the Standing Rock protest right. in North Dakota yeah, yeah, yeah. in the winter when it was cold, you know, 20 below these guys were protesting. They would get wet. People would get hypothermia in minutes. And he said, all right, I'm going to come out here and bring my medical stuff out. And uh, he said that it was just insane, the amount of volunteers that had no idea what they were doing. Just they're like, woo, we're going to go protest. And he's going to be like, you guys need to get a blanket and get inside immediately no, or you're going to die. Your finger's going to fucking fall. Yeah. No, so, I, had a, I had a friend of mine. She actually got shot with a rubber bullet. You know Aaron? Uh, what was her name? Schroeder. No, I don't know her. Aaron. Yep. She got shot and she was filming when so she had her still had her phone in the hand when she was following. It's like, oh shit. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's our show. I'm gonna play you out the song called Flashing Lights by Sourgrass. This is a band from Santa Cruz, and I used to live with their lead singer. I lived with Mr. Jay Palmer. Uh, when I was 17 or 18, first house I lived in outside of my folks' house. Uh, so this one's for you, man. You can listen to any of Sourgrass's music uh, in a link below this episode, as well as on my website, kyle.surf, uh, kyle.surf slash podcast. That's where my book club is. That's where all kinds of good stuff. A lot of the documentaries that I've made are up there on my website. And that's also where you can donate. Um, this is an ad-free podcast and uh, I know I mentioned at the beginning we might start bringing on sponsors but I would figure something out for the Patreon patrons um, so either you could skip the ads or um, get a special discount or something like that um, anyway that's neither here nor, here nor there but what is here or there are the MOFAs so I hope to see you all at the Motherfucker Awards December 4th uh, you can get tickets at themotherfuckerawards.com or at the link below this podcast. Uh, hope you all get a bunch of waves this week. First winter swells just arrived, so be safe out there um, and give someone you love a high five today. And with that, I bring you Flashing Lights by Sourgrass. Starting out One last dance for the
lights go out One last dance for the sun comes out One more song 